What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all, as always. Just wanted to hop in here for a quick 15-20 minute episode here on Friday, May 13th, as uh, we have some news uh, on both the coaching carousel front as well as the transfer portal front. Uh, We'll start with the coaching news first. So uh, sources confirmed to me this morning that Travis Johnson was out as the head coach at NJIT after eight seasons. Uh, around 11.51 a.m., I think it was, um, is when the school officially announced the move there. He was hired 2013, the first head coach in that program's history, led them from its inception through the first eight seasons there, 2015 uh, being the first year of play, uh, a 7-97 mark under Johnson 0-13 this past season. 2018, the only season where they, uh, excuse me, 2019, the only season where they went uh, above the one win mark going 2-13 during that season. Um, you know, off the field, they they moved from, from a, I guess you could say infrastructure standpoint, they moved from independent to the NEC in 2020. Uh, you didn't have the NEC play that year. That next season, they then moved to the America East as the entire school transitioned to the America East Conference. Additionally, they had a uh, new stadium, new facilities, upgrades there, uh, state-of-the-art facility for the men's lacrosse program, as well as the, I think they shared with the women's and men's uh, soccer programs as well. Really nice facilities there. At NJIT, uh, new facilities there on that campus were built um, you know, under Travis Johnson. This is a not a surprise um, by any means. Uh, this has been a program that has been struggling to, you know, as one of the newer programs in college across, they've been struggling through eight seasons to really take that next step. Um, You've seen other programs, new programs, the fourth season, fifth seasons, they, you know, take a step up. And, you know, while 2-13 and is certainly, um, you know, was a jump from where they had been, zero wins, one wins, um, certainly the moving to a conference, I think, provides them more stability, certainly than an independent uh, position does the facility upgrades that you've seen there. However, the winning has not come with that. Um, one of the downsides of being the American East is you do have have more of the competitive mid majors in that conference. Now, Stony Brook leaving, obviously for the CAA, kind of lightens things up. But you still have uh, a an Albany. You still have a Vermont, uh, a rising Binghamton program. So. Uh, UMBC is always strong, so you're going to face those tough competitions on a on a yearly basis. Now, on the other hand, facing those teams could help you improve. Um, you know, could help you get better recruits. You know, 
and and so forth. I believe the school is a pretty highly respected um, you know, engineering school. Um, a lot of smart kids at that school, so you have that kind of academic reputation as well. Uh, we'll see where they go in this search. Uh, I, you know, I would hesitate to say that any top assistant at a big time D one program would seriously take this job. Um, it is a lot of work that that has to be done there to take this program to the next level. Um, I think like a UMass Lowell, um, this is a program where you most likely need someone to come in, um, a, 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 a someone who wants to build, um, which all due respect, Travis Johnson, what, what was that guy? Hey, I'm going to come here. I'm going to build this program. Um, and that is what you see with a lot of first time head coaches. Unfortunately, sometimes it does not work out. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they get in this position um, and which way they go. Because I, I do think this is a program that can have success in the America East, uh, given their location, given their ac- academic reputation, uh, you know, given the facilities. They're all selling points at this program. Um, it, it's going to take time, though. Uh, you know, obviously coming off a 0 and 13 season, uh, seven and 97 in their first eight seasons alone. So, uh, not the uh, you know most successful program by any stretch. On to the transfer portal, where we have uh, continued players entering uh, on a daily basis. Uh, biggest news that we've gotten here today is Jonathan Huber heading to Stony Brook. And th- this this is a, um, I'll say this, I'm not surprised. I- I'm not surprised at all by this. And I do like this move by Coach Gawardi to go get a guy like this. And A, why am I not surprised? Well, this is what, they've done. This is what Stony Brook has done. Uh, they have gotten, and I wrote about this back in, I in December or January, um, about Stony Brook, their approach to the transfer portal. It has been uh, one of the better approaches, I think, in terms of mid-majors. Uh, you look at, you go and get a guy like Dylan Palinetti. You go and get a guy, uh, obviously this past season, a grad transfer. A bit of a different situation, but you get uh, Kevin Mack from Michigan. Um, and, and they've gone and they've gotten these Long Island kids who are maybe either A, don't pan out at those schools, i.e. Dylan Palinetti at Maryland. And not to say that he wouldn't have panned out if he would have played, but certainly a you know, red-shirted his freshman season, comes back there uh, the summer of 2020 and, and realizes, hey, you know, I want to stay home. I'm going to enter the transfer portal. I'm going to go to to Stony Brook, and he's ripping it up there. Um, uh, Kevin Mack come back for a, a, a fifth season at Stony Brook. Um, it, it, it is a program I think a lot of, and I've said this before on this podcast, a lot of these mid-majors, Towson, Stony Brook, Hofstra, uh, in these hotbed areas, I think that can take those transfers um, and can take those grad transfers can very much benefit from the transfer portal from this era where 
you know, all a ton of players who come out of those uh, areas. And well, yeah, a lot of times they do get those sleepers, uh, so to speak, on the recruiting trail. But you got a guy that goes to a D2 school, blows up, and wants to go D1. And they're from Maryland or, you know, uh, Long Island or whatever. There's multiple, uh, you know, mid-major programs where you can go to the NCAA tournament. You can be a competitor. You can win a conference championship. Uh, and you can go there. Uh, Jonathan Huber obviously, you know, stayed in the area going to Stony Brook. He's a St. Anthony's, uh, he's a St. Anthony's, uh, St. Anthony's alum on Long Island. So he stayed in the area, went to St. John's. Had a great career at St. John's. Uh, unfortunately, the wins, you know, just were not coming for that program. He's now going to go to go to uh, study look, and this is a program who, you know, I can very well see him sitting in, uh, sliding into that spot where Kevin Mack was, and you had the situation of Dylan Palinetti and Kevin Mack as your top two uh, point getters this past season. Um, you lose Kevin Mack, obviously, to uh, graduation. He was a grad transfer, so his uh, college career is done. Uh, but you still have Palinetti there. Uh, he was a sophomore this past season. Uh, redshirt sophomore, I believe. So you still have him there. And look, there's multiple other guys uh, that could come back as well. Uh, this is a offense you implement... Huber in, and him and, and Palinetti make a really good duo. Um, this can be interesting, interesting to see how this offense goes. I think it can be a very successful unit here in 2023. All right, folks, that is it for today's show. Like I said, a very short episode. As always, you can uh, connect with us on social media at Workhouse Bucket. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrosseproject.com, where it's always lacrosse here.